<laughs> wow. Man, we're going to have some fun this morning. Oh, well. I want to just stand up on our feet right now. Everybody stand up on your feet. Everybody stand up on your feet. Why don't you just lift your hands to Jesus? Let's just start to speak in tongues. Let's just start to fill this atmosphere with the Spirit of God. Come on, church. Let's start to get hungry for Jesus this morning. Let's start to cry out for Jesus this morning. Lord Jesus, we give you praise this morning. Lord Jesus, we lift up your name this morning. Lord, we lift up the name of Jesus high in this place. Lord, we lift the name of Jesus. Lord, we lift your mighty name high in this place. Lord, we lift it high in the city this morning in Jesus' name. Lord, we lift up the name of Jesus high in this nation this morning. Father, we thank you. It says in your word, Lord, that Jesus Christ went down to hell, grabbed the hold of the keys of death and hell, and Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus, we thank you this morning that you are seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord Jesus, we thank you today. You are have all authority and all power on heaven and earth has been given to you. Lord Jesus, we give you praise. We give you honor this morning. And everybody said, everybody said, everybody said. Awesome. Oh, that's a better start. <laughs> well, we're going to just, we're going to shake this up a bit further later on. And uh, this morning I want to just get under the skin a little bit and just see if we can just get something happening in this place, get something happening in our nation, get something happening in this world. And how many people this morning, uh, this week, you came in here, Pastor David Hogan? If you were not here, you need to get the CD. Absolutely phenomenal. And uh, uh, I've just been so challenged about what, God, what I believe God is speaking to the church about, the church in general, and... Um, and I've just been so challenged, as, you know, for myself, even what God's been speaking to me about. And uh, I, mean, I don't know if you know, but God is doing something in this earth right now. If you can't see it, you probably need to, you've been spending too much time at home, or you, you probably need to get out and have a wee look. But I can tell you right now, God is doing something in the world right now. We are living in an age that is uh, that, 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 uh, it's absolutely phenomenal. We're, look, we're, uh, we're living in an age right now where it's been prophesied by people of old. We're moving in an age right now where, like Jesus said, greater things uh, that shall, you, that shall you do than I did. I tell you right now, God is doing some amazing things. And I was absolutely challenged about uh, what, what David Hogan's life. Absolutely, phenomenally challenged. I mean, and it's like, um, I'm just going to get into it shortly, but uh, uh, I don't know about you, but man, he personally challenged where I live in life. I think everyone needs to hear, uh, hear the story of his life and... Um, but it's not just about his, I mean, we're talking about people getting raised from the dead. Through his ministry so far, over 400 people have been raised from the dead. Think about that. Just think about that for a sec. Has anyone ever seen a dead person? You know when they've gone all stiff and they've gone all, <laughs> you've seen a dead person, they are dead. It's like, you seen like a, I mean, if you haven't seen a dead person, what about a dead possum on the road or something? It's like, man, they are dead. There's, it's like they've gone. It's like, but to see them come alive, to see, uh, there's no, no way they can come alive except by the power of God. 
And uh, we're just going to get into this whole thing shortly, but uh, I'm just so challenged. I, mean, I want to see the dead raised. I want to see miracles. I'm telling you right now, we need to see the power of God in a much greater dimension in this place right now. And, uh, you know, but as he was talking, it's like, I don't know about you. I'm just going to be brutally honest here. But I just, there's something inside of me. He's like, you know, I saw people raised from the dead and, and, and they raised people from the dead. And, and it's like, he's telling us, telling us about the miracles that he's seen. It's like uh, eyes being formed in people's, where there were no eyes. There were just no eyes, full stop. And bang, there are eyes. You know, talking about legs, uh, you're talking about NCF. There was, um, prayed for somebody, had, uh, they had no, no foot. <laughs> and the foot grew. And I'm talking about a, a, a lady who had a child and that the child was born with no bones from the leg de- from, from the waist down. Couldn't walk. And uh, all of a sudden, the, <laughs> the mother was getting prayed for and bang, the, the, the kid just got up and walked. I mean, th- I mean, you just think about what you're feeling right now. It's like, you know, sometimes our mind can't comprehend. You know, we hear people talk about stories. We read things in the Bible. We, we think... Well, sure, I mean, that was, and it's like sometimes our mind does funny things and it's like we'd like to believe it, but sometimes we find it hard to believe it. And it's like there's a part of us inside that says, God, I want to see that happen. But sometimes there's a part, well, God, would you do it through here? Would you do it through me? And I, I, I mean, this is sort of the stuff that I was feeling. And um, I've been so challenged. I was at a conference just recently. You, you saw the band on, on the uh, thing with uh, Christian City Church. One of the guys that has picked up uh, Jürgen's youth ministry, young fellow in Australia, he's already seen two people raised from the dead. And it's like it's not just happening. Uh, it's not just happening in countries that you've never heard of or people. That, it's not happening. It's happening in Australia, and I believe it's going to happen in New Zealand very, very soon. When I was, to, he was, I was just talking to this guy. I'm actually going to get him into this church. Young fella and... Um, and uh, how many young people are here? <laughs> this guy's a young guy, and uh, he, was, he said he was, he was in a, a mall. He was in a shopping mall. And uh, this lady, this old lady, was at the top of the escalator. And uh, she tripped and went down the escalator and, and died. She was, she was broken. She was dead. Right in the middle of the uh, shopping center, he got his jersey off and wrapped her up and just said, in the name of Jesus, rise. She, he said she was dead. She was absolutely dead. People were crowded around and then laid hands on her and... Um, Come on, she just came alive. In the shopping mall in Australia, in the shopping mall in Sydney. And it's, I mean, I was just listening to him talk about it. I thought, my God, we need that. He's telling tell me another, another story. He said, oh, I was driving down the road and there was, I came across a crash. There's a, there had been a car accident and, um, and, uh, and there was flashing lights. And he said he stopped and he felt God said, go, go and pray for the person. And uh, the paramedic was standing there. And uh, he said, oh, I just want to go. He said, no, 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 mate, she's dead. No, mate, she's dead. Leave her alone. Go away. You know, they go. Anyway, he said, no, 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 I want to pray for this lady. And he said, no, 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 she's dead. You don't understand, she's dead. So, no, he said, I'm going to pray for her. Pushed past the paramedic, went into the ambulance, laid hands on her, commanded her in the name of Jesus to rise, and she just rose up. Listen to stories even here. We've got people uh, being healed of cancer. I know people in this church, I remember uh, even in the youth group a few years ago, that uh, we had a young girl, she had cancer of the intestines, and uh, the youth group gathered around her and prayed for her. She went and got a, um, got a scan, no sign of the cancer. <laughs> Unbelievable. 
Absolutely incredible. Friend, I'm telling you right now, we need the power of God in our midst. We need the power of God in this church right now. I want the power of God around my life. I want to see some of these happen, things happen in the church. But the question, why aren't they? What's going on? What is, and um, we're just getting to it shortly. Uh, why don't you just turn in your Bibles right now? Here we go. You got your Bibles this morning? We're going to get into it. Here we go. Titus chapter 1 verse 5. Titus chapter 1 verse 5. You know, we're living in a time right now where, where God is wanting you and I to take dominion back again. It's like, um, I don't know if you've listened to the messages uh, over the last year or so. It's like... Um, you know, the message, come up higher. God wants us to come up a, come up a level in, 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 our, in our thinking. And the, God wants us to come up and live in a realm where he lives. God wants us to, uh, and the whole purpose of, of Christ coming again was to, was to reconcile man to God, that man would, that would start to take dominion back over the earth again. And uh, here we've got this little verse in here. It says in verse 5, For this reason I left you in Crete. This is Paul talking to Titus. He said, For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking. And it's like uh, God has put us in a place where... Uh, God has put us in a place where he wants us to start to take responsibility. He wants us to start to take dominion. He wants us to start to, um, to live a life where we can start to set things in order. And it's like, if you were, like Paul said, if, for this reason I left you there so that you would set things in order. So many times we often live with a mentality that either the pastor will do it or, or that God will just come and do it. And, 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 but it's like, God often puts us in a place where we have to grow, that we've got to put order, we've got to make things happen, we've got to do some things, not because he can't do it, it's because that, so you would learn how to rebuke the devil. You know, I'm talking, it's about, sometimes we get in a position in life where we say, God, God, take them, God just get the devil away from me, and, so, and, and we, we get into a rescue mentality. That God would come and rescue us, and, and, and you know, God does. Get, he will come and rescue. But more than anything else, he wants you to learn to stand up in your own two feet and learn to rebuke the devil yourself without having to be rescued. Because if you look at the bigger picture, and we're living in an age right now, but it's like, uh, we're living, uh, I mean, the Bible gives us, it talks about what God has got in store for us for an eternity. You know, God is raising our kings and priests to rule through the ages. And it's like, how will you learn to rule if you can't learn to rebuke the devil? How will you grow? It's like, it's almost like, you know, with the guys, when you're at school, but I don't know if you're, you know, when you went to school, it's like you're doing the, doing the maths thing and if you, you find something that's a bit hard or you get a bit stuck, you look at the back of the book and you find the answers. You never grow. <laughs> you maybe get 100%, but you just don't grow. And it's like if we live in a rescue mentality that God will try and God will rescue us and pull us out of this earth and, and the devil will have his way. Friend, that's, that, that is wrong. The devil, God wants us here that um, he won't abandon us. Like Paul, Paul said, I left you in Crete for a reason that you would grow. See, he didn't abandon them, but he just left them there to work it out for themselves. 
And see, the Bible says that when, when Jesus, Jesus, I mean, right now we have Jesus placed the Spirit in our lives, but Jesus is actually in the right hand of the Father. He is seated at the right hand of the Father with all power and, and authority on heaven and earth given unto him. So it's like, um, for this reason I left you here. See, he won't abandon us, but the Bible says that he won't, he says, I won't leave you orphans, but I will send a helper. I will send the Holy Ghost to help you. I will send my spirit. I will put my spirit inside of your life. You will carry that and he will work through you. So he will help you. He won't give you all the answers. He won't, he won't bail you out of trouble every time, but he will give you the strength for you to stand up and overcome. Because if you never learn to stand up on your feet, if you never learn to overcome, it's like God has called us overcomers, but you've actually got to overcome something to be an overcomer. You know what I'm talking about? So you've actually got to grow through something in order for you to, to grow as a person. I mean, if you get all the answers in the back of the book, you won't grow. When the push comes to shove, you won't grow. And it's like the, in the Bible, he said, this reason I left you on Crete so that you would start to set an order, that you would take dominion, that you would stand up in your own two feet. And it's like we're in a process now, and you flip back in your Bibles to, to the beginning of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1. Let me just tell you about Crete. Crete was a place which, uh, it's a little island, and, uh, and, it's, and, and, and the, the, the Bible describes it that it's a place of deception. It's a place of, um, it's a place of greed. It's a place where the people lived in deception, were deceptive themselves, but also were, was totally self-conscious. They were greedy. And it's like, uh, you know, the place needed God, just like we need God. And it's like... Uh, what we're going to do right now is just going to draw a parallel to, to actually where we fit in life right now and where all this started and what you and I are called to do. Let's just turn back to Genesis. And it's, uh, see, it's always been God's plan for man to have dominion over the earth. It's always been God's plan. Look at a couple of verses here. Um, in Psalm, verse eight, Psalm 8, verse 6, it says, You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things underneath his feet. All things underneath his feet. In other words, um, in Corinthians uh, 15 verse uh, uh, 25, it says, For he must reign, for he has put all things underneath your feet. And uh, let's, go back into, uh, let's go right back into Genesis here. where uh, so There has been the, the, that purpose, the plan of God, that you and I should reign, that you and I should take dominion over the earth and, uh, and, and the works of God's creation. And here we see in, verse, uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and the Spirit of God was hovering deep upon the waters. Now the same thing, when you're, we're not going to go into this part right now, but the, the earth was in a place where the word void means that, uh, that, that destruction and darkness covered the face of the earth. And um, I mean, who knows the time period there. But God in his heart said, look, I created the heavens and the earth. And there's, there was the downfall of Satan. And, 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 but then it's like destruction covered the face of the earth. There was darkness across the face of the earth. And God says to himself, he says, I'm going to bring order into this darkness. I'm going to bring order back into this earth again. I'm going to start to take dominion. I'm going to start to take this thing back and start to create my plan and my purpose for this place. Just like when Paul said to, to Titus uh, that I left you there that you would take dominion, that you would learn to stand up. And it's like you're, you're looking, you see, uh, first of all, God says, well, let there be light. 
And there was light. And then he goes through and he starts to set things in order. It says, let, um, uh, he starts to create night and day. And then he's, he says, let there be dry land. Let there be a firmament. Let there be waters. And let, the, let them be separated. And start, so he starts to bring order into a place that was chaos. He started to bring order into a place where there was, uh, where there had been destruction, where there had been, um, I mean, just have a look at that yourself. But he started to bring order in, into a place where there was no order. And, uh, then he talks about, uh, God said, let there be firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the earth. And, it's, and it was so, and God said, it was good. It was better than good. It was very, very good. And it's interesting, if you look down in our verse, verse 16, it says, then God made two great lights. So first of all, God created light. And then a few days later, he created the sun. And he said, let the sun, great, he said, he made great, two great lights in the earth and the sun would, bring, would, would, would rule over the day and the, moon would, and the moon would rule over the night. So he started to set things in order. He started to bring, uh, started to bring balance to the force, I suppose you could say. <laughs> and he starts to, uh, two great lights, the, the greater light in verse 16 to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He also made the stars. So he starts to bring order into a place, like I said, where there was no order. And it's, and it's interesting that the, the, it the, sun has, uh, the sun sets over to rule the day and the moon to let, rule over the night. And see, everything, uh, everything is created perfect. See, God creates things perfect. God doesn't make junk. See, God creates perfection and he creates reflection. And if you look at the sun, you look, I mean, this is a whole separate issue, but if you look at the sun and, and, and the moon, the sun has the governs by day. The sun has a light of its own. The sun has energy of its own. The sun has a, it breathes life. It's churning and it creates warmth. It creates energy. But the moon has no life of its own. The moon is just a dead rock. That's all it is. It's just a dead rock. The only life that the moon can produce is that which is reflected of the sun. So when the sun is gone and the nighttime is out, when we look at the sky, we know somewhere, we know that there's a sun shining because we see it reflected off the moon. So God creates perfection, the sun, and creates the moon, reflection. So he starts to set things in order. Then he says, let us make man in our own image. Now another word for reflection is image. Let us make man in our own reflection and let him, let them have dominion over the earth and, and everything in it. So God created, God is perfect. Let us make man in our own reflection. So the life that you and I carry has got to be that of a reflection of God. So it doesn't matter where, what's happening in the earth, as long as the sun is shining, as long as the moon is glowing, people will know that somewhere there is a sun that's still shining. And so God starts to create man in his own image. He said, um, he said let us create man in our own image and let him have dominion over the earth of all the fishes. Of, I like that one. They have the dominion over the fishes of the sea. <laughs> we like that. And all the birds of the air. And, and, and if you look around now, man is at the top of the food chain. So naturally, man does have, that is why God, that's how God set it up. He shall have dominion over the foods uh, 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 out of all the things that I've created. 
But there's something else. There's another dynamic called the, uh, and we'll, we'll get into that shortly. It says, let us, let us create man in our own image. And if you turn the page into, into verse chapter 2, and uh, in verse 7, it says, And the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed in the, into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. He became a living being, not a living doing. And so he created man to rule over uh, all his creation. So just as uh, the sun rules over the day and the moon rules over the night, so God created man to reflect his image. So it doesn't matter what is happening in the world, doesn't matter what is happening, as long as creation looks at man, they don't need to see God. As long as they see the reflection of God, they will know that somewhere, some, that, that, that God is shining somewhere. Reflection image. So it doesn't matter what is happening in your life. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world right now. As long as, as, as long as there is unity between you and God, as long as you're not covering the, covering the reflection, people should see. People don't actually need to see God in their face, but they can see the reflection through you. Whether you cover that up or not, and this is what I have a look at. And, um, and so God breathed life into man, and man became a living being. And uh, so somewhere God is shining upon you and I. So all creation, had just, all they had to see is look at Adam and think and see, as long as Adam was alive, as long as Adam was there as, in, in the image of God. I'm not saying Adam was God, but all creation would see that there is a God. Because Adam was made in the image of God. He was made in the reflection of God. And it's like... I mean, ever since there, we're in, a, we're in a cosmic conflict right now. The bigger picture is that we are in a conflict right now between good and evil. See, right back in the beginning, the devil was one of the, uh, the archangels of, uh, in the throne room of God, but the devil fell. And as, uh, and, and as, you, as you read through the Bible and the, through the different ages, that, that, the, that the devil fell and, 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 uh, and, and earth was his territory. So darkness covered the face of the earth, but... The devil fell him, but God said, devil, you only, uh, there's going to be a time, there's going to be a day when you will face judgment. Friends, there will be a day where the devil will face judgment and will uh, we'll end up in hell with all, his, with all his angels and demons as well. But in the meantime, there is, a, there is a reign. He has got a time where he will try and take as many people to hell as possible. So right now we are in a conflict for the, for, the, for the souls of men. We're in a conflict for your soul. We're in a conflict for, for dominion. So there was, a, there was a period of time there where, uh, as you can see, we talk about when Adam fell, um, that, that they started to lose dominion. And it says here, so the devil's plan is to, for, he wants to take dominion away from you. He wants to take you, he wants to separate you from God. Because as long as you're alive, he can see God. <laughs> that scares him. As long as you're emanating the life of God, man, he doesn't like that. He wants to take, he knows he's going to hell, and he wants to take and destroy as many people as he can with him. And so it's like, along came a serpent. Friend, there is a serpent in everyone's garden. The Bible says there is a devil seeking to devour anything he can. He is trying to bring separation between man and God. He is trying to bring a separation between you and God. He is trying to take him into a place that God has prepared for him, not you. 
He is trying to take people, he's trying to take our world into a place that is prepared for him, not them. You only have to look around today to see how many lives have been destroyed by drugs, alcohol. So the devil is trying to destroy that. So he's gonna, he wants to come and try and destroy God's plan. And look, this is going to start to get real juicy here. See, there's a serpent in everyone's garden. There is a devil there who's trying to rob and destroy you. We're going to look at this. We're going to open this up very shortly. Here we look. You know, some words, you know, like in the English language and the words that we speak, some words that we speak are referred to in a, in a masculine tense. Other words are referred to as in a feminine tense. I'm not trying to get sexist or anything like that, so don't, don't ever get, don't judge me too, too quickly. It's like, you know, you listen to uh, a lot of guys when they talk about their cars. Oh, man, she's a beauty. We talk about, if you look on the back of a lot of boats, they're called Graceful Lady or Lady of the Sea or something like that. There's a, there's a, it just sort of comes out that some things are, some words or some, some things have, have a gender description on them. You talk about, you look at some guys and it's like, mate, we caught a huge one, man. He was like, he was a huge one. And so often the, the words that we use, the words that we speak, describe things in the, and they're described in different genders. Are you know this? The thing is, it's the same with the Bible. It's the same with the Word of God. If you read through uh, places like Psalms, Proverbs, uh, Isaiah, you will see in the Bible there that there are words that have a gender text to them, a gender, gender tense. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't do that good in English, but a gender tense to them. So when you look at, um, if you look at, the Bible describes... Your spirit man. It doesn't say your spirit woman. He says your spirit man. So there's a gender tense to it. When you look at, um, when you read Proverbs chapter 8, he said, uh, and uh, it talks about uh, wisdom, uh, she shall, uh, something about wisdom, but it uses the word understanding. Uh, understanding she shall arise. So there are different words in the Bible that describe the gender. So understanding is a, is, a, is, a, is a word with a feminine meaning to it. Uh, faith is one with a, with a masculine meaning to it. And you look at through, you, you can read how, how, it, how the Bible describes his and her. So some words have a gender tense to them. When you look at spirit, it is a male tense word. When you read in the Bible, you'll see that soul has a feminine tense to it. Yeah, you're with us right now? We're going to get into this. And it's like, and here we look at, uh, see the devil will never ever, do you notice how the devil came to Adam? See the devil will never come and attack your spirit. Why didn't the devil go to Adam? Because as long as he could see Adam in right relationship with God, he could see God. See, the devil will never come and attack your spirit. He'll come and attack your soul. The devil will always try and snatch your soul out from underneath the authority of your spirit. Because a soul is an influencer. Women are good influencers. Men are good influence, but there's something about women they can just, man, they can just humble you like that. (laughs) 
There's something about women they have a they carry they've just got a way with being able to make a make a man crumble. No matter how strong they are, they can just make him crumble. You wanna explain this? <laughs> we'll keep we'll keep working on it out. See, the devil, see, that's why when you look at the, if you take away Adam and Eve, take away the, the, the context of Adam and Eve, and you put it in the context of, of soul and spirit. See, the spirit is, you are a spirit being. You have first a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul, and you, have, you, are, you live in a body. See, your spirit, see, God, God made man, male and female. He made them soul and spirit and put them in a body. So you have soul and spirit living together in a body. And two contexts is male and female living together in one body, hence the context of man. So let's not look at it as a, as a gender thing right now. Let's not look at it as an as a Eve's fault or Adam's fault. Let's look at it as, as a spirit and soul. See, the, the thing is, it's like even with church, this hour, like when people get offended in church or, or when things happen and, and which, which, which draws people away, it's because something has got into their soul. Your spirit is the part of you that is connected with God. Your spirit, you are a spirit man. So God breathed into Adam. So Adam carries the breath of God. You and I carry the breath of God. We're working it out here. You with us? And so there was a soul there. So the, you, you notice how that, that when the Adam wasn't there, he, when, when he was looking for when Eve was in a vulnerable place, when the soul was in a vulnerable place. So the devil, like I said, will try and snatch your soul out from underneath the authority of your spirit. You are, first of all, a spirit being, and God wants us to live out of our spirit. You can't, the devil can't touch your spirit, but he can influence your soul. So the way the devil will get you away from God is he will try and get a hold of that, your soul, which can then turn and influence your spirit. You working this one out? The only way that the devil could get Adam is to get that which is a part of Adam and get that to influence him. The only way he could get Adam was to get a part the soul, and cause the soul to influence. See, the thing is about this, the thing is about God. God loves us so much that he gave us the choice of free will. I mean, if he didn't love us, we wouldn't have the choice of free will. See, our soul is, it's our, bo- it's our, it's our, it's our mind, the way we think, our, our emotions, the way we feel, it's the, our will, our ability to be able to make decisions. So if you... If God put a thing on us that you just had to do what he said, there wouldn't be no love. See, God created man with a soul that he would choose to love him because that's what love is. You're following him? And it's like that, that man could have his own free will to, to love and have a relationship with God. And see, that there is where the devil will come and have a go. That's where the devil has... The only way the devil could get to Adam is to get at which part of Adam which could influence. See, the, the soul is connected to... Because it's part of our spirit, it can influence our spirit. You know what I'm talking about? 
So the way we think, the way that we feel can have an influence and start to draw it. So we have a choice whether we start to live out of our spirit. We have a choice whether we live out of our flesh. We have a choice whether we live out of our soul. So the devil knows that, and there was a, there was a, you know, there was a point of time there where, there was, where we talk about, and Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the Bible describes that, that earth, heaven is God's throne, earth is God's footstool. So heaven, earth, is a reflection of that which is in heaven. And see, God, the devil is wanting to destroy that dynamic. That's why Jesus said, God calls us to pray, as it is in heaven, let it be done on earth. Because he want, he's wanting that dynamic to start to come back again. Through sin, there was a, a separation from God. All of a sudden, there was a, there was a separation. Man no longer had dominion. So the devil knew that the only way he could bring the separation is start to influence that which could be influenced. So the devil, want, devil knows if he wants to change the dynamic and separate unity between heaven and earth, since he cannot get to Adam directly, he will get to Adam in a way that could influence his spirit. He could get that which could influence him. You look at it. See, the, when the enemy wants to get you out of the will of God, he won't come and attack your spirit. He will come and influence your soul. And then your soul will lead you away from the presence of God. That is why it's important that we learn to live out of our spirit. And again, that is a whole subject of its own. But we're just going to quickly work this out. And uh, so he wants to bring us here. He wants to separate you from God. So he'll influence your soul. And as, and, and as we read on, it says here, um, and uh, in verse 3, and it says, uh, has God said, see the, 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 the serpent came and spoke to Eve, and he said, has God said you shall not have the fruit of the tree? And down in verse 5, then it says, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and that you will be like God. Now, now wait, just wait there right sec. I thought man was already created in the image of God. So what is the devil saying? If you eat this, you will be like God. No, she was already created in the image of God. Friend, you and I are already created in the image of God. But the thing is, the devil comes and tries to get into our soul and says, are you really? Starts to sow doubt, starts to sow unbelief. Are you really? Did God really say that? You read this. If you look back in... Verse 16, verse 2, and says, And the Lord God commanded man, saying. See, the, the thing is, God never told Eve directly, don't eat of the fruit. He told man, don't eat of the fruit. And man told Eve, don't eat of the fruit. So she didn't really hear directly from God. She heard from God through the authority over her life. And so that there, but you look at it in the church context, when, when, when God starts to put his finger on people's lives, people go, oh, that's why God puts a covering. Young people, that's why you have parents. Well, everyone has parents. That's why God talks about uh, children, honor your mother and father. Why? Because they're God's authority over your life. So when we start to step out of authority, when we start to step out and challenge or question the authority of God over our life, you get into trouble. 
Did God really say that? No, not directly to me, but Adam told me. And all of a sudden he starts to sow sow doubt into her mind. You will be like God. See, the devil, devil challenged the vulnerability of his soul, the choice of free will. He also challenged the way, I mean, she looked at the fruit and looked appealing. See, there will always be a craving in your soul for something. And that something can only be filled by God. But God wants us, God has given us, God has given you and I the choice of free will that we would choose to find our identity, that we would choose to find our security in him, not through what something else or somebody else tries to throw at us. The devil will try and challenge your free will. He said, if, if you eat that, if you do this, then you'll be like God. Friend, you don't have to, I mean, out of that statement there, the world has made billions of dollars worth of business out of that. Everyone somewhere is searching for God. Everyone somewhere is looking for a sense of security. Everyone uh, somewhere is looking for God somewhere. Everyone is worshipping something. It's that God gives us the choice of free will, who we will worship. And the thing is, it's like this is where humanity has gone wrong, is where uh, the devil shows us things which appealing to our eye and think you should feed on that. Or you should draw your life off this. But friends, you don't have to draw your life from that because you are already created in the image of God. And you look, so many people, there, so many young people up here, you know, you know when, when life does some foul things to them, it's like they turn to drugs and if you just take this or uh, if, you come and, if you come and do this with us, then you'll be called, then you'll be accepted. Some people find their identity, their security in what they do. It's like we don't do church. We are church. We don't do the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Friend, you don't have to find your identity in what you do. You don't have to... You you look at some some people find their identity in their position, whether it be in a church or whether it be in a business. Plays on the part of our soul, which is vulnerable. Like if you do this, if you, if you have uh, this sort of a position in life, then you'll be accepted. Then you'll feel fulfilled. Then you will be like God. Friends, that is the lie of the devil. Starts to create unbelief, starts to create doubt, starts to create fear. It's our soul. And from ever since then, there's been a separation from God through sin. You'll be like God, friend. You're already like God. Anna, you're already created in the image of Christ. Michelle, you're already created in the image of Christ. You're already created. You don't have to be anybody. God breathed into man and he became a living being. He came to be. You already have the life of God in you. Young people, you don't need to feed on the trash of the world. You don't need to feed your soul on the smut that comes off TV. You don't need to buy into the lie that you've got to have this or be that to be accepted. 
and we wonder why we don't move in the power of God, that we don't have dominion. Friend, we've got to start to come back to that place. Many people try and find this. Where, friends, that's where religion finds itself. <laughs> You've got to do this to be accepted by God. You've got to say this many prayers this so many times before you're accepted by God. Friend, that's religion. Religion will separate you from God. True Christianity will not. And see, God had a plan. All through the, through the Old Testament, you see the different men and women getting raised up and used powerfully by God. But God had a plan. God had a plan that, that you and I could start to take that back dominion over the earth again. God's plan was his only son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came into the earth that you and I could be reconciled to him again, that you and I would start to uh, have victory over in life, that you and I would start to put all things underneath our feet again. So the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in all ways. In uh, Luke verse 3, verse 17, God says, God, when Jesus is baptized, God said, this is my son in whom I'm pleased. Just after that, it says, the devil comes and says, when Jesus is on the, uh, up on the hill, after being 40, fasting for 40 days, the devil comes and says, are you really God's son? The same thing that he said to Eve. He said it to Jesus Christ. Friend, Adam was created, man was created to have dominion. But because of man fell, Jesus Christ came that you and I would take dominion back again. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ was tempted in all ways. But when he was took on the mountains, the devil said, Jesus, you can have any of this if you just do this. On your bike, bro. Get away. No, no. Friend, what are you feeding on? Friend, we've got to feed on the word of God. He stands up and declares, the Spirit of God is upon me. To preach the good news, to preach how man could be reconciled back to God again. That's awesome news. Preach the good news. To heal the sick, to heal the brokenhearted. I'm here to bring man back into dominion again. I'm here to bring man back into reconciliation to Christ, to God again. Friends, that is the reason Jesus came. And then he starts this, and in this process, he says, I'm going to start to train men and women that would start to carry the work and start to carry on the process of rebuking the devil. So he starts to pick men and women out of the box. He starts to pick Peter. He, said, he starts to challenge Peter about his unbelief and about his, about his doubts. So when people were hungry, it's like, Peter, you give them something to eat. And so we're in the process now of you and I starting to take... God has put a spirit inside of you and I so that you and I would start to stand up and learn to rebuke the devil ourselves. And I tell you right now, that you don't have to look very far to see that the devil needs rebuking. And it's like oh, we pray for our city, we pray for our region and say, oh God, you come, and, you come and take the drug problem away. You come and do this. Jesus said, you roll away the stone, I'll raise the dead. <laughs> You walk out in the water. Get out of the boat. Just finishing up. Friends, first of all, to have dominion, we've got to first have dominion over our own soul. We're going to first of all be a obedient. 
Don't come out under the authority that God places upon your life, whether it's your boss, whether it's your parents, whether it's in the church, wherever it is. Stay, the, stay under the place, stay under the covering of authority of your life. Don't let doubt, fear, and unbelief get around your life. It says here just this one last verse as we finish up. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, For he must reign. Everybody say, he must reign. For he must reign until he has put all things under his feet. That means he must reign until he's put sickness under his feet. He must reign until he put poverty under his feet. He must reign until he puts all things underneath his feet. And then when all things have been put underneath his feet, then he will deliver the, the uh, then he will deliver it into the hands of God. And then will come the end. The last will be the defeated will be death. Friends, God has called you and I to put all things underneath our feet. God has called you and I to put all things underneath our feet. First of all, take dominion over your own soul. As we start to get rid of doubt, as we start to get rid of fear, unbelief, friends, I tell you what, you'll see the dead raised. Amen? Why don't you close our eyes? Bow our heads. Wondering if there's any person here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ. If you've never, ever made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, if you've never asked him into your heart, I want to give you this opportunity to invite him into your life. The Bible says he makes all things new. All things new. Friends, if you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life, you're separated from God. You don't have to live like that. I invite you today. If you have never, ever invited Jesus Christ into your life, I would love to pray for you at the end of this meeting. But I also want to challenge those of you that are Christians. Do you have dominion of your own soul? Where do you stand right now? Are you in doubt? Are you in unbelief? Is there rebellion in your life? Is there disobedience? Are you under the God's authority in your life? Friend, I don't know about you, but I want to see the dead raised in this place. I want to see you and I start to come out, start to put all things back underneath our feet where they belong. First of all, take dominion over your own soul. Lord Jesus, I thank you for every person here in this place this morning. Lord, I pray right now that you'd give us the strength, Father, in Jesus' name, to stand up. Father, give us the strength, we pray, that we would learn to rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, Lord, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. I have been crucified with Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you've placed your spirit inside of our lives. And everyone said... Everybody said, friend, that is the key to having dominion. Paul said it in a nutshell. I have been crucified with Christ. I've laid my, down my agenda, my will. I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. And through that, when you lay down your life, friends, that is when you'll get dominion. Amen.
Awesome. Have a great week. Ian Clayton's going to be preaching tonight, so uh, so come along and uh, he's got a powerful message. He's going to rip the place apart. You can see what he's already champing at the bit. <laughs> hey, why don't we just get up and? Uh... Yeah, I need to drum. <laughs> Have a great day.